0: Welcome back, and here we go for another episode of FileMaker
1: Talk. Oh yeah, um, we gotta love that. <laughs> but people probably don't love that we sing along, though. So, well, I don't normally do it. It was just this time. I normally, I normally do. I normally do.
0: Well, it's because so long we have to we have to I have to fade it out manually. Yeah, which is interesting because I don't add that in post. I'm actually we just we record live, oh, uh, and what you hear is
1: straight, no edits, nothing. You know, we should talk about some design stuff today. We've got some exciting episodes coming up because we've actually are, are scheduling things now. Uh, I put that notice on LinkedIn, and a bunch of people responded, or a few people responded, um, and. Set up recordings.
0: The few that we know of, because we're now doing it in a much more, uh, uh, a little bit more routine fashion. <laughs> People are a little bit, little bit happy with that. Uh,
1: yeah, well, at least the canned laughter, or the canned applause button that you pushed anyway. <laughs> uh, design. This has been a long time love of yours. It is. I actually, I... I...
0: I never really thought of myself as being classified as the design guy, but I do get a lot of questions that people come to me like, Oh, so I've got this theme or this isn't doing this or this isn't doing that. But that's because I just, I was so enamored with when they made the switch to using CSS as a, uh, as a backend rendering model that I just dove in. I just, and so I guess, yeah, I've spent a lot of time learning about it all.
1: Well, you had been making themes since long before themes were supported
0: uh, yes, before before the CSS happened. But when the CSS happened, wow, it opened up a lot of a lot of things. I, I, there's a tool I'm working on with a fellow developer that I'm really looking forward to, which really makes it pretty convenient and nice to do a ton of different uh, manipulations. And one of the things you can do is you can copy, because FileMaker made themes, something that you can copy, you can go into the Manage Themes, you copy the theme... It brings it into this tool, and then you can do universal sweeping changes. So um, one of them being colors is the easiest. Uh, Mm -hmm. Say, for example, you wanted to go from Apex Blue and make it all green-based. You just select all the blues, make them all greens, and then paste that theme back into your Funmaker solution, and it will literally change everything that was blue into green, including your
1: already set custom styles. Wow. So yeah, that's like, uh, rather than having to go one style at a time, huh?
0: Oh yeah. No, it's, it's, you know, do it all in one fell swoop. And another thing that oh. sort of bugs me about when FileMaker maker made the adoption of CSS that a lot of people don't know. And I, I shot a, a YouTube video about it is most people, when they start with a theme, they will use the default to set and style their objects. And bo- yeah, what will happen is they will modify the, the default. Yeah, yeah. Don't do that. That's that's not every
1: style in FileMaker cascades off of the default. Right. That's actually why it's good to be able to modify it. So all your other things, like if you want to say, Oh, I'm gonna change my font, if you just change the default, all the other ones should echo and do that. That's- so
0: in certain instances, yes. If it is just the f- anything that is already preset on the default, if you want it mm-hmm. to change, such as the color of something, the background color of the normal state of a button, mm-hmm. or the font color of the normal state of a button, um, or the font, like you say. So if you want to go from like Arial to you know Verdana, do that. But as soon as you start adding things to the default that aren't already there, which are the additional states, which be hover, pressed, and in-focused, then you have now said, for now and forever, any other object that I create, which will spawn off of the default, you will have settings applied to the hover, pressed, and in focus. You don't want to do that. You always want to do a save as if you're going to apply settings that aren't already on the defaults. So, yes, you can make changes, but you have to know what those changes impact for sure. Got it. Uh, but they, that's that's not explained anywhere. And it's you never even know or discover it until you see what happens to the CSS when you start to modify
1: default settings. Right. So. I, I guess I am just talking about more basic things like... Um, I'm trying to look at an example here.
0: Going into yeah, going into your uh, FileMaker yeah, database. So, like,
1: so for example, Apex Blue. Yep. Which is kind of what we do. That's what I use for everything. It's a starting point. I can I even I themes. can talk about that because I designed it. I know. So why the hell you made the default font size 16 point is what I really would like to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing you will notice if you go if you go
0: in between there's a few key things that that I was fortunate enough to be able to get in there when uh, it was requested by Claris. And it wasn't directly through me. I did it through a, a different company. But they, um, it, Apex Blue is supposed to be hybrid. It's supposed to accommodate both mobile and desktop. If you take a look, for uh, for example, Enlightened, and you look at the scroll bars, the scroll bars, the width of those scroll bars are set to, like, you know, 13, or something that accommodates the desktop, but won't actually work for the size of a thumb on a mobile device. So the font size is a little bit larger, but if, like you say, you can, on the default, you can set the mm-hmm. default for the field, go down from 16 to 14, and then mm-hmm. every other size will spawn off of that. Yeah, exactly. But some of the other so, key driving things were, for example, there were no such things as a pervasive, uh, transparency on all of FileMaker's, objects. I added that into Apex Blue. Um, And unfortunately, there's... um, I don't know if it's public knowledge or whatever. FileMaker was wanting to... or Clarice was wanting to do a release. Some uh, templates were created that corresponded to Apex Blue, which unfortunately didn't get to get pushed out. Um, I don't know what the reasoning is. I don't even know if I should say that. But it sort of showcased how Apex Blue was used Mm -hmm. or implemented... And that's sort of that. I don't think it, anybody has seen how it was actually originally implemented, or maybe it's out there. I don't know. I'd have to ask. But hopefully, I'm not going to be sued now because I said that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, are they talking to you about uh, other follow-up ones, other themes, in future versions? Um, no, not that I know of. Mm, okay. I mean, maybe. I
0: don't. I, they, I think they've got enough on their plate that they are working with, you know, what's coming up next and so on and so forth. But, um, yeah, I mean, that was just one of my biggest things. And there were, there are some things they, they have, you know, what I submitted and what ended up being there, they've got modifications to that too. They've got an internal designer and somebody who actually works and uh, they have, you know, the way that I liked is the design and some of the things that I put in, don't necessarily fit some of their objectives. So, for example, on some things, if I prefer a vertically centered text, they may have more of a technical reason of why they want to top a line and to the left, mm-hmm. where I, where on my default for a lot of my text labels will be automatically, um, depending on the, the orientation of the text label, will be vertically centered and sometimes to the right, sometimes to the left, depending on the design. But that's where it's cool. You can you can create your own styles. I mean, the whole objective is to have something that has all of your your base set of minimal styles, and then to spawn off of that everything else that you need. Um, instead of having just this monolithic theme that that tries to solve everything for everybody right at the mm-hmm. outset. So that was that. At least was part of the goal.
1: Yeah, I you made some really great choices in it. There's very few things that I do uh, differently when I, uh, when I work with that theme and make a custom one. Naming is one of the ones that I do because I really think about things first as like the size and then the color and the alignment. Mm-hmm. So I just rename the styles for that, you know, because I like, sometimes I want 14 point and 12 point and 16 point and 18 point, you know, for different aspects of the layout. Mm-hmm. And maybe like a really large one I make for like the title, the layout title, and just be really consistent with that. Um, So tell me about this video that you uh, made regarding some design stuff that's coming out on YouTube to a theater near you.
0: (laughs) Oh, it's just, uh, there's a, I've started a new, I'm only on video two, but I started a new little series that I'm putting out for free on YouTube where I'm just basically going through creating a database from scratch that I need, and I just... It'll be released when this is released, or it'll be out on YouTube, a design video talking about how I start the design process in terms of, um, you know, getting the size of the layout that I want, and then determining things like, um, well, the third video will probably be the grid. No, I talked about, I talk about the grid in the second video. Um, Things like that, you know. Do you Mm -hmm. use the, do you use the grid settings in FileMaker? Uh,
1: Like the Snap 2 stuff, you mean? Or like the...
0: Yeah, There's in a couple the inspector, things I use. Uh-huh. the design, you you can turn on the snap to grid and then turn it on visible or not, but then it's got the major and the minor settings. Yeah. So you, you use don't,
1: or set those? I use some of those. Um, more often, I use the guides that I drag out from the rulers and then turn the rulers off. Okay. Uh, and then kind of use that and I'll, I'll try to get it. I talk a lot in the training classes that I do about the things we've learned from newspaper design. You know, exactly. Columns, gutters. Exactly. Uh, Above, uh, the concept of above the fold.
0: And that's, that's that's everything that I learned, and that's exactly what I do, is uh, the major is your column divisions based on the width of your layout. Mm-hmm. And so, like, in the video, I, I talk about, okay, if I'm designing for a laptop, I'm going to get that laptop's aspect ratio, meaning its width and its height, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to say, okay, which of those do I want to work off of? Let's say it's the width, and I'm typically... On a nineteen twenty monitor, which is lower resolution than I used to use, but I would go eighty percent of that nineteen twenty resolution, which would give me my uh, my width. That's big. Then I go and I get uh, what's called the golden ratio. It's that mm-hmm. you know where it looks like it's that curly type of shell yes. look where you've got a square and then another square and the square fits in the square and the square and it's it's Matt, supposed to be, be a little
1: bit more. It's one point six yep. one eight zero three. Yeah, one.
0: Yeah, one point six one eight. I think or something like that. Yeah. Exactly. So I then put that on the screen f- and and size it out proportionally to whatever the width is, and that gives me then my height. And so then I take whatever that value is, and hopefully it's an even value, and then I divide it by however many columns I want. So if you're doing a six-column design and you end up with something like, let's say, 1296 that's fitting into 80% of a 1920 monitor... Mm-hmm. You now have your six columns. Of those six columns, one of them is going to represent the width of a sidebar, which actually fits one of the golden ratio columns. And, and so right. uh, you set your whole grid up like that, and then first you set thing. all yeah. of your styles based on whatever minor setting you set for that. So your major on your grid settings makes your columns, and then your minor actually makes your spacing, uh, which we would think of as gutters. So if you're right. looking at your major, which would be, let's say, your first column the The lighter grids in Filemaker on either side of
1: that would basically two of those would be equal to your gutter. It occurs to me that people are going to be completely losing uh, the the awesome thing that I'm seeing, which is you making all the hand gestures of exactly how this <laughs> stuff works as you're describing it. so we'll have to we'll have to talk about this one more where you can do the whole you know um, well, you definitely uh, have to, you have to line. have
0: been exposed at least a little bit to the print industry. But for the most part, I think people get this. Six columns is just like, you know, looking at six columns in an Excel spreadsheet or six sure. cubby holes at kindergarten. It's just six right. rows of something. Then within right, those don't... six, you have then even smaller divisions. Right. And that's just the, the major is your
1: your columns and the minor is your Minors. little guys. So, and then you don't necessarily—you wouldn't actually ever have like six columns of stuff on your layout. You you use them in groups, right? So you'd have you'd have like your header at the very top spanning all six. Yep. And then in your top content area, let's say like your um, area that divides like the layout name and then key information like the record ID over on the right, something like that. Now I'm making all the hand gestures. Um, <laughs> Uh, that one would be say four columns wide for the left edge and two columns on the right. And then in your body area, you might use the one column on the very left for your navigation. And then the other five for all your major content areas, something like that. So it's, it comes out really pleasing and it, you don't have to think about it because you've got everything set. And then that same metric you can use for all of the data entry layouts in your solution. Uh-huh. This is This is definitely what I aim for I mean, Uh, using the grid and the major and the minor and
0: snapping to the grid and then uh, making your objects accommodate or styling them based on the grid makes it so easy. So, for example, if I have a block of text that I'm going to make a new style called header, I'm going to drag that onto the grid. And let's say it's going to be um, based on my minor setting. Let's say I've got a my gap size is 12 points which is actually what it is in this video. So I drag that header to be four columns high. And what that does is it makes it such that there's one column below the actual text, one column uh, of space, this is negative Mm -hmm. space in the design aspect, and one column above that. Then what I do is I go into the padding setting, and I explicitly set the padding off of the left edge to 12 points. And so what happens is from an aesthetic standpoint, it's very pleasing because the space around the text is perfectly balanced. It is 12 points all the way around that text. And then you just don't let any other
1: object intrude into that object's quote unquote personal space. So, talk to me about how where you get to some of these settings because I think you're talking about a couple things that I don't really use. When I look at the grid and turn it on, I just get like the you know like a one inch square with all the other subsets. But you're talking about some things that are much more specific, like uh, and I'm not sure exactly how to get to those honestly. So, if you, I think if I remember
0: correctly, if you went into your a FileMaker layout.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, nothing is selected so you're able to control the width setting you would type in like twelve ninety six
1: of a you mean you're talking about your your width of your layout yeah the width of the layout you do have to actually select the body to set that okay that's the width
0: yeah no the body when you select the body or any oh, part that controls the height with nothing selected oh yeah yeah you can type in the width value I, you're right yep so that full twelve ninety six, whatever you've set that to, you want now mm-hmm. six columns, right? So if you take twelve ninety six and you divide that by six, you get two sixteen. So two sixteen becomes your major grid
1: setting. So go into the grid settings and then set two sixteen. So that's what I'm trying to find is the grid setting because so I think I just used the basic ones.
0: Oh, uh, it's the first. Uh, it's the it's command one see, with the grid, inspector palette grid. at the very bottom.
1: Oh, of course, I see that now. So major grid spacing and minor grid spacing at the very, very bottom.
0: So put 2.16 in for your major, and now whatever you want for the spacing, you take that Mm -hmm. 2.16 and you divide it by the spacing that you want. So if I take 2.16 and divide that by 12, it makes my minor setting 18. So now, so your grid settings are now major 2.16, minor Mm -hmm. 18, and what that gives you is it gives you a six-column, 12-point-gapped-based theme. Yep. And so now everything that you do is based on those 12 points. You put in 12 points of padding if you want uh, the bounding box around a text object to actually be comfortable.
1: Right. So you, this grid is much less annoying to leave on than the default settings.
0: Yes. You you have to customize it to whatever, you're, yeah. whatever it is you're doing. And the key is, too, is to put these settings... And whether you prefer snap to grid or the grid visible on, you put them mm-hmm. on the file before you host it. And then, oh, then yeah. they will persist.
1: Yeah, so there's a couple things specifically to the layout that you still have to actually be done when the file is single user. Um, they're, they're gradually changing those. For example, you, you didn't used to be able to set the minimum version of FileMaker unless you took the file offline. Yeah. Now you can. Uh, but yeah, this one, uh, the other one that I always set is showing the uh, t- formatting bar. I love the, f- I need the formatting bar on. I know I can get to all those things uh, <laughs> other ways, but I really like them at the top. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and I see these grid settings. So you yeah, set them before you host the file, and, and then they're there for every layout, which is also nice. So you, you might not need guides if you do it this way. No, because I mean, literally, and then once you style,
0: you know, once you set the defaults to -hmm. what you want and then you start to create your custom styles off of the defaults, pretty much everything becomes just drag it around because it all just snaps to the grid. The design process, plus when you set those padding values and you know that you're dragging out, you know, a field becomes uh, three blocks high, you never have to question it again. My fields are going to be 3 blocks high and I'm going to put them in between uh, in, within a column with um, the buffer of a gap on either side. The 12 points or whatever the
1: you know division is for your gap. So and it's just super easy. I have to say I've got a copy of FileMaker open obviously and I'm following along as we talk about this. Yeah. And for people who haven't played with this go re- go open this up in FileMaker, rewind a minute and try it because it'll a light bulb will go off in your head uh yeah i I believe in things that are easier for sure (laughs) do it
0: the easy way instead of like because i mean and the great thing is once the grid is on if you know that there are certain command keys you can bypass that as well you of course have the arrow keys which will move one pixel or one point at a time shift with the arrow keys will move you 10 at a time which doesn't work currently for our 12 point uh, gap right now but of course you can just you know shift arrow and then tap the arrow two more times you've moved 12 points but Mm -hmm. if you hold down the command key when you're dragging an object it ignores the snapping Mm -hmm. so that's where you get uh, you can always bypass whatever the setting is you don't have to explicitly turn off the grid in order to move things around and if you need to move an object freeform.
1: So, so um, yeah, I, I use the arrow keys to move things around. Um, I think you just gave a couple of other pointers with that. That moves them one pixel at a time, but is there a way to do it um, larger groups when you duplicate? Or do you just basically, do you just like option drag, control drag to make a copy of something?
0: Well, one uh, thing that FileMaker does do with regards to its duplicate command is if, if you do not deselect an object... After you have duplicated something, it will remember all of your moves. So, for example, if mm-hmm. you select a field, you duplicate it. Without deselecting it, you actually move that object, let's say, back to its uh, the same origin, 12 points over. I forget what FileMaker used to duplicate objects offset 10 by 10. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you hold down the shift key and go back 10 and down 10 or get it the distance you want each successive duplicate now will remember all of those steps
1: in between the duplicate and what you did. I use that trick a lot. And back in in the past, you could only move it by using the arrow keys. But now... You can actually just click it, like and like you said, without deselecting it. Yeah, move it to um, where you want. Move it to the location then hit d- and hit Command-D a bunch more times. And yeah, that's a really, really good tip that I always show people. And if you have another the grid one, on, you're you're popping to wherever you want it to be. Yeah, totally. Another one that I use frequently uh, to, to teach people is another good tip like that. If you select a bunch of objects and you want to paste into a specific spot, say, for example, into the middle of a popover button, mm-hmm. if you click the – when you click the mouse once, it'll, it'll paste your objects to the center of that click spot, Yep, which is a, which is a good tip. You also the, brought, this is going to be the tips episode. No joke. One. <laughs> the, the one that is, that it drives me bonkers that it is
0: not more obvious is that when you want something in the exact same place on another layout, I think it's, I think the sequence is you copy it on one layout. Mm-hmm. You don't you have to go into browse mode first. Either you have to go to the other layout, go into browse mode, then paste, or you have to go into browse mode, then go to the other layout, and then paste. There's something about having to go into browse mode in order for the paste on a different layout to actually be in the exact same location. Otherwise, FileMaker Hmm. just either picks some random location or it is your last clicked location. or I would just expect that if I copy something from one place... I want it to be in that exact same place when I go to another layout by default, but FileMaker doesn't
1: do that. Yeah, interesting. That's good to know. I'll have to I'll have to test that one out. You you breezed by another one a little a minute ago too, which is Command One, Command Two, Command Three, Command Four. Oh yeah, can't live without that. Yeah, that's good stuff. What what does that do? I wonder. Tell me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that just cycles through your 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 palettes. Uh, command One, Three, and Four are your most predominantly used. You're not, you're not looking at your list of themes so much, but, I mean, yeah, that just immediately comes into my head. <laughs> Command 1, the ruler. Command 2, it's the palette of paint. Command 3, yeah. it's the database icon.
1: <laughs> so, Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I'm very keyboard shortcut-oriented on things, too. Uh, yeah, go, into, go to Manage the Database, go to um, Script Workspace. All of those things have keyboard shortcuts. And it's just easy to discover them, too, because you can just look in the menus... Uh, and it, and for all the objects that have commands in the menu, the keyboard shortcut will show right next to it.
0: Yeah. So yeah, lots of stuff, uh, about, uh, design. I mean, I just,
1: yeah. Um, well we have to go in a minute, but, um, tell me a little bit more about what things you cover in this video. Um, it's pretty much, I mean,
0: it's just that since I'm, since I'm designing the database, like from scratch, I'm sort of just going through and showing everything that I do as I ramp up to actually build the database. And then I'll be building it out and just covering the parts as I get to them. Um, but that was pretty much it It was, uh, and it went for 40, 40 minutes. I don't know why it went for 40 minutes, but it was basically showing people, How I use the golden ratio, how I get the size of the the screen that I want, how I turn on the grid, figuring out the columns, major, minor. And then I'll be showing people how I style, I start to style my objects. So the next video will be um, I style and name my objects according to the functional use. So, like if I'm creating a, a portal variant off of the default now, and that portal is for the sidebar. I call the name of that portal Sidebar and, and because that's where it's predominantly going to be used. It may be used in other areas, but it's sort of the first place where I think of, okay, this is a portal that's only going to have one edge that's going to have a solid line and all other edges are going to be transparent. And I think of it in terms of, well, it's that's the Sidebar portal. Well, can I use the sidebar Sidebar portal in other areas? Yes, but that's its predominant use. And so that's sort of how I think of it and why I name mm-hmm. it that way. So and just go through a couple other objects and, you know, start to design the database. So Cool. Just depends on what motivates you. I mean, sometimes it's the, uh, the way that something looks that motivates you to finish out the structural stuff. Other people, uh, the structural stuff motivates them to then need the design stuff. So I sort of work it, work on both at the same time
1: sweet any tips you have any design Uh, tips oh gosh i mean what are we really talked about them i mean i think we're really on the same page and and the whole newspaper thing is it's not because that's what you have to know in print it's because those concepts are really solid and yeah um, and they they work really well in computer design you know there's another one that you taught me a long time ago and i love this one Pure white and pure black do not exist in nature. True. There isn't anything that's that color. So if you design your layout with not quite all the way white and not quite all the way black, it's a little easier on your eyes. It's just less fatiguing Um, because you never would think about that because you'd see, oh, I, I don't want it to be, you know, you want it to be white, but really you want it to be one shade away from that.
0: Yeah. The white white is used when you want to really draw attention and you're going to put something on it that is either going to pop really starkly or, um, like, it's funny. I'm, I, and I didn't, I, I'm just following, you know, things that other people do. I'm looking at messages right now, Apple software. Yep. It's all got a light shade of gray, but in the text area where you see the messages, The message bubbles, there's one that's very vibrant color. That's the one that pops. It's on a white background, but the rest of the interface is, you know, a a subtle faded gray. And so are, uh, for example, you know, I don't know why, but it's the other person's bubbles for me that are faded and gray and where mine are actually the ones that are really vibrant. So, yeah, it's just it's all based on all the positive, negative.
1: Yep. I run in dark mode because I find it's just much less fatiguing on my eyes. Yeah. Um, and messages for me is all dark with, you know. Oh, yeah.
0: Well, I'm not using dark mode. I, that's, that's a whole different topic. Yeah. Yep. Dark mode. Yeah, and, and then
1: there's yeah even themes, right? Because there's no automatic way to change back and forth uh, and have that be a user setting. That would be a lovely thing to see, wouldn't it?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, If they gave programmatic <laughs> control over the direct CSS... They are heading in such a positive direction because, oh, yeah, yeah.
1: David Weiner, I think he actually maybe took Apex Blue and did this. I'm not sure which one he started from. But um, uh, a few years ago, um, our lead developer at AppWorks um, created a dark mode theme that you can download Mm -hmm. that that was really true to Apple's specs for it. And um, it's really
0: good. The best you can do in FileMaker is switch to another layout. Now, if you have a 50 layout solution, you'd be at 100 layouts. Now, I would not do that. (laughs) Or, or a thousand layout solution. Oh gosh, no joke. (laughs) But if you're creating a, you know, a one-trick little pony, you could definitely do a light mode and dark mode in terms of like a utility or a tool if it's only got two or three handful of layouts.
1: Yeah. Then every time you, yeah, if you make one change, you've got to duplicate it, apply the other theme. You also have two themes to maintain. Yeah. I mean, ultimately it would be pretty, I would, I would assume it would be easy for them
0: to implement, which would basically just make a function called, uh, you know, they would make complementary functions. They would say get current theme and then, uh, a function that says switch theme. And as long right. as that theme is installed for that, that layout, you'd just be able to dynamically, they would just flip in a whole set different set of CSS and they could do it. And basically, you'd be able—they would give us control to be able to do a dark mode, light mode, mm-hmm. uh, programmatically.
1: So, so uh, dumb question—I know that dark dark mode came out first for iOS and then for the Mac. Is it available for Windows? Is there something that's an answer? Yeah,
0: they ha- I think Windows. I'm not a big Windows guy, but Windows 10, I think you can do variants. Okay. It's it's the, yeah. been the trend on everything. I mean, text editors yeah. got dark mode. Everybody went dark mode crazy like five years ago.
1: Except Google Calendar doesn't, and so you have to get a plug-in to make Google Calendar dark mode. <laughs> but Google <laughs> Mail does on the web browser, so anyway, little oh, tidbits funny. you pick up. <laughs> All right, well, we have lots more episodes coming up, so maybe they won't be three hours long every time. Like,
0: Yeah, past. just little quick ones where you can pick up some tips like this. So Yeah. All right. Well, then it sounds like it's a good time for... <laughs> this always the, makes me go into
1: the, the radio voice thing. give thanks me the for this thanks for listening to FileMaker talk or Claire's talk or whatever it was good bring you